1: Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. I'm going to start with introductions, whichever end. Uh, sure,
2: um, last <laughs> yeah. well,
3: last in, i guess, to, to be the first guy. Uh, hi, I'm Hal I write out Apocalypse Later. I publish at Apocalypse Later Press. And everything I publish goes through KDP. And uh, it's been quite a, quite a fun thing of late, with the changes in prices and changes in color and all of that stuff. But all of my stuff is print. So hopefully one of you guys can speak to ebooks. Yep. Excellent. Now I can learn something. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm going to have to do what I those soon. Yep.
4: Uh, I'm Cameron D. Blackwell. Um, I write um, gay, uh, oh wait, I mean, gay science fiction, um, horror, and fantasy. Um, and all the stuff that I, I publish also goes through KDP, and it's been a uh, harrowing uh, adventure as far as like the changes and um, me just kind of figuring out what looks good and what looks awful and whether or not I have the energy to fix it. Yeah. Exactly. Hi, I'm Bruce Wiley. I am a
2: struggling author. My thing is i got to come up with all the words. Yeah. The, uh, I got stuck on this panel and we really stuck on this panel because Joe and Scott said, oh, you're going to be a publisher on on Kindle, aren't you? Here, you be on this.
1: (laughs) Oh, so you you, stuck it with us.
2: happily. But uh, I've done a lot of research on these quizzes. I looked at the format years ago, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, but
1: uh, I'm Jessica Feinberg. Uh, I'm also known as the Dragon Lady of Tucson, not by choice, but I get branded that way. Uh, I write assorted books, uh, many of which are guides to creatures, storybooks, children's books. I've done coloring books. It evolved into an entire product line, and everything I do is funded on Kickstarter. Then goes to printers. I've worked with Ingram Spark and Kindle, uh, Kindle both for print and for digital. And then also, I know a ton about the Kindle Unlimited program, which is one of the coolest things they offer. So we're definitely gonna gonna have to cover that.
4: Definitely. All
2: right. Let's talk a little bit about the history of digital publishing. Um, back in the old days you only really had one environment, which was pretty much Amazon Kindle. Yeah, yeah. create place at a time. The best way you could phrase it back then was, what you see is not what you get. <laughs> um, the, the EPUB format was very difficult to, to format for. Uh, painfully so as a matter of fact. Um, you really had to set something up, publish it, yeah, I don't think so Play with little again Get closer Oh, that completely screwed it up Let's Go back and start from the beginning again
1: Or it looks good and then you see it on another device and you're like, oh my god right. Oh my god, yes
2: <laughs> um, But now with Kindle Direct Publishing, it is all
1: automated and um, I wanted to be on the panel because obviously, if you guys haven't seen, my books are fully illustrated. Uh, so I'm trying to do things where the text and pictures are, have to line up in certain ways. That's really important. So I figured it can offer something different on the panel for. for more
3: Actually, people. I do the same because these are nonfiction, so lots and lots of imagery.
1: And sometimes the imagery for some books needs to be lined up in certain ways with text, and sometimes it doesn't. So. Right. So you have to use it is automated, but you have to use a completely different app if you are doing comic books, children's books, or illustrated books versus novels or prose. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or oh yeah, you've got to
3: you've got to do your stuff. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, now if, if you're laying out for print, then you set it out how you want in the program of your choice, and you upload a PDF, and it's going to print how you laid it out. So you know you've got full control. With ebooks, you have no idea what device somebody's reading on. So they could have a screen this big, it could be this big, it could be this shape, it could be that shape. And so they can, they can wrap the text wherever. So if you've got images...
1: Uh, fortunately, Kindle's fixed that in the last 10 years. So what has fixed that is the evolution of digital reading of comic books. Because comic books, mm-hmm. the text must appear in certain places. So when you have a print book, as you said, you're uploading a PDF, whether it's to KDP, another publisher, uh, Ingram Spark, etc. Ingram Spark, I won't even touch digital books through them. That's all ebook format. That's a whole mess. Uh, but what Kindle offers is they have ways where you can convert your PDF to your ebook, and there are two different programs. One of them is good for if you have books with just text. But if you have books where the images need to be presented a certain way with the text, you have to use what's called the Kindle comic book creator. Interesting. Even though if you're doing – because I was like, but I'm doing – I'm not doing comic books. If you're doing illustrated books like children's books, anything like that, and that converts in a completely different way, but it's very easy. What you do is take your same PDF, feed it through that, and you can get – the correct file so okay. so for yours you probably want to check out that creator and see what comes out yeah and and so forth instead of so yeah there's two different apps and I did a lot of googling to figure this out um, <laughs> and it, the the thing that mainly pushed the evolution of ebooks is actually yeah. we were talking about a panel yesterday it's fascinating It was actually Fifty Shades of Grey being made into a movie, which then spurred a slew of erotic fiction writers who were all digitally published and started making millions of dollars on digital books. There's a fascinating documentary called Naughty Books, and if you don't mind, a risque and controversial topic. They're actually very objective on all sides of it, but it covers the publishing evolution in a fascinating way for how that evolved digitally and the main thing driving it was actually erotic fiction because cool. <laughs> people didn't want to pick it up at bookstores they were too embarrassed so <laughs> <laughs> it's like video things driven online we all know what got that all upgraded oh, 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 yeah.
4: <laughs> I didn't download that <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> <laughs> well it's better than going to a video store right right so. <laughs>
4: everybody sees you going into the back room with the curtain. Yeah, But uh, it,
1: I actually found it to be one of the most fascinating documentaries I've ever watched. And the best part was there's this Midwestern housewife, and she said, I told my friends I had a book out, and they asked who my publisher was. And I said, I self-published. And they said, oh, dear, that's so nice that you did that for yourself. And uh-huh. she went home to her $2 million she'd made that month. <laughs> 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 like She was just, okay, fine. You want to dismiss it? I'm not going to brag about it. I just got all of this money from it. So exactly. um, it's a, just a fascinating documentary, and they, they
2: kind of get me all it, maybe maybe, uh, maybe this maybe this perception is entirely false but back at the time when there was all this fuss being made about how this particular you know fan fiction was turned into an owl which turned out to be a way that you could make millions of dollars on you know through internet publishing through amazon i kind of got I me mean, for me looking at it from a ways off and with some amount of experience and practice in public relations and marketing through public relations and publicity, it looks to me like maybe it was kind of a marketing campaign by Amazon
0: for
1: the new platform. No, that was entirely just authors who, I mean, I think Amazon did give it a push, but if you if you watch what happened with authors, it was authors who just like, we want to write this. And their fans were like, we want to buy it. You've seen it for free on forums. Where do we get it? And Amazon happened to be sitting in the right place at the right time to help people put books out. And there's a fascinating thing in the documentary where one of the authors actually does get a book released through a major, like, romance publisher eventually, and how she sold less copies than when she did her own release digitally (laughs) to her fans. So it's a a very interesting documentary because it covers, like, all different (coughs) things of that evolution of writing. And whether or not you like the topic, it definitely shows that that then like I don't love Harry Potter but without Harry Potter my stuff would be successful because it pushed fantasy <laughs> yeah. more mainstream right. so that get, with with things like the erotic fiction in digital it really pushed what was and then comic books coming into digital format pushed what was available to other types of writers to put your books out there so
2: you also touched on one thing too that is the big pitfall on uh, self-publishing i going to talk about that a little bit um, one of the biggest problems with self-publishing is that you have no critiquing done by anybody. We can. We can. We can but we just generally, generally, but yeah, generally, people say, "Oh, I'll just publish this myself, and you don't have to go through editor, publisher." Yep. Yeah. You, yeah. Should yeah. Yeah. you should be, or you should be. <laughs> yes, you yeah. definitely should be. <laughs> for what I did. But and, however. and
1: however, in traditional publishing, you can also get a editor who's just terrible, yeah. and you have no say, and they just destroy your book. So there's there's pitfalls to either one.
0: Uh, I had
1: to go through a bunch of editors and ended up actually with one of my fans who've been buying my books for 10 years. <coughs> turned out to be an ancient history professor in the UK who also edited at like Cambridge edited their school newspaper for years, was now one of my editors in trade for paintings and books, so it's... Okay.
2: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there is that potential, Yeah, I mean, I've seen stuff written by acquaintances and friends of mine mm-hmm. um, that is absolute wreck. Mm. <laughs> Oh,
3: my
1: they, God. They they can you, proofread
3: and edit their own stuff, which yeah, you, you just cannot do. do. Just, well, you, well an, close to maturity. there's an important thing here, and that is that you need to know what you can do, and you need to be really honest with yourself. And, you know, we all write, so theoretically we know how to do that. Depending on what we're writing and how we want it to go and what confidence we have, we may or may not want to pay an editor. But you may can often swap
1: edit with like yeah. another author. Right. It's more like you just can't be objective. You actually read over your own typos. Yeah, exactly. Um, Absolutely. Though you come up with a list if you've done a lot of books of common things you do so you can search your manuscript first and everyone last. But mine is I obviously talk a lot about creatures and about the breeding of dragons and I constantly type breading instead of breeding. <laughs> 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 Which has become this running joke of like
3: stop writing cookbooks. <laughs> okay? We're,
0: we're not making
1: dragon omelets." And I'm like, well...
3: Well, I'm, I'm neurodivergent and I found a process with my wife that allows me to uh, basically edit the non-fiction myself and the way I do it is, uh, I mean it's mostly right anyway because of the way my brain works, but I, when I write something that's going to go into print, I read it aloud to my wife and that uses a different part of the brain mm-hmm. so I can catch the the, the a certain type of error, you know, my flow errors, where Mm. I'm reusing words Mm. that I, I want to break it up and use something else, and she catches my mistakes, Oh, and, and and occasionally there'll be a spelling error. In so there as well. another speaking way to. I wouldn't do that, that I would you do that with fiction. If you don't have
1: a handy partner who's willing to let mm-hmm. you read aloud to them for a while, is actually use the really bad read aloud on Windows exactly. or Mac because it sounds terrible, but that actually makes you listen harder, yeah. yep. and it will catch a lot of your typos. It's still good to have somebody do a read through. Unfortunately, once you get a few books out, you get more fans who are like, "We would like to be." maybe not full editors but like test readers so you do end up with more of like the feedback level and and now I, to go to I oh, use Patreon so and so Kofi and good. have like People giving me feedback from like the early stages of like concepts of my
3: books now so it's evolved over. Because My wife will happily tell me I'm wrong. <laughs>
0: uh,
3: she has absolutely no comp- no that was not his brother that was his cousin. Continuity. Oh yeah, 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 but a lot of fans won't. It's like oh my god you're the best thing ever and this is the best book no that's not what you need <laughs> criticizing your book, critiquing your book. We had
1: two questions. Well, I,
5: I just want to make a statement that you know if you do have a tool, uh, ChatGPT, 4, the one you you know the one you pay for monthly, not the free one. Uh, that one can really catch a lot of stuff. I mean, see, the thing is like things like Grammarly or any of the uh, other automated ones, they have a hard time catching when you don't use a word correctly. Like I had an example uh, with something I had it edit for me. Uh, it was. I was using the word course. C o r u s c c o a r s a, and nothing caught it, but it caught it.
1: Right. You know, and,
5: and other people missed it. Other things, but it. it can catch stuff like that so we have tools now like that that and then there are
1: things that are optional like how you're going to write dates with or without apostrophes if you're saying like 1900s uh whether you're using oxford commas things like that you as a as a writer especially if you're doing a series of books develop basically a bible for your editors or proofreaders but you also need people who will do content proofreading like does it make sense and depending on your project you I try to get people with as diverse backgrounds as possible that's why I was happy to get somebody who like has a degree in ancient history in the UK perfect yeah. like you're totally different but I also have a couple math and science teachers because occasionally I've done things and they're like this dragon would not exist anywhere it doesn't reproduce often enough that it would still yeah, be in existence that. like they're very good at catching that stuff so I think you build up what you need for the specific thing that you're writing mm-hmm. and then it, it's going to vary a lot but <clears throat> You cannot be 100% objective about what you're writing because you wrote it, so.
3: Yeah, and pay people. Uh, I mean, free tools are great, but if if there's something that you honestly know you can't do yourself, pay somebody to do it. It's worth it. It is.
6: So I end up going through, or my books, I end up having people go through there between five and ten times after the manuscript is written. And for myself, I find that Reading from back to front is one good way because you don't get into the story.
1: Right, reading yeah. the chapters out of order will yeah. totally right. also get you out okay. of you Right, okay.
6: I use uh, Creative Writer and it picks up stuff. Uh, I use an editing group and they do pick up stuff like where did this character come from or, you know, that's not the description you used before, that kind of thing. And then I have a regular editor that I pay. And she goes through and picks up the rest. It doesn't get at all if you've got 100,000 words. It
1: ain't going to be perfect. You have to learn to live with a couple typos because they're going (laughs) to get through. The interesting thing is with art, there's some similar techniques that take you out of the same thing as like reading a book backwards, out of order, reading aloud. You actually can, and I always recommend that people doing their own book covers, if you're an author and you're having a cover design for you to do this, mirror image your book cover and make sure it still looks good.
0: Because
1: if there's symmetry issues, centering issues, things that your Mm -hmm. eye would not catch, either turning it upside down or mirroring it, Mm -hmm. Uh, they've done studies that show that people can draw more accurate portrait likenesses if they draw from a photo of a person and everything is upside down. Because Mm -hmm. it takes you out of your brain telling you how something should be and lets you look at it objectively. Um, And obviously if you're talking about digital publishing and we're talking about covers You also should make sure that your book cover looks good this big.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's
1: gonna show up on Amazon tiny it's gonna show up across a room at a convention very small um, I've seen a lot of absolutely amazing indie published authors, and they have fonts that are just not readable on their covers. Yeah. Like you might fall in love with a font, but gets get like ten people to look at it and tell you if they can if they can read
4: it. Yes. because that's huge. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. The kerning, uh, like uh, it always bugs me when like the R and the N next to each other looks makes it look like an M. And like
3: what? Oh, there's a font. I can't remember which one is the font I really like. Oh, Nevis. It's a really good sort of headline font, and it, the kerning is just wrong, so I can't so, use it for certain words, yeah. and it's- One oh.
1: of the most famous things they tell you, and a lot of people just never use the, the font Arial, and people are like, what are you talking about? Try writing an address label going to Illinois in Arial, because it'll just mm. look like three lines <laughs> in a row They do not differentiate between a capital
4: yeah,
1: it's, it's Free toy. yeah. So
4: there's there's like always just issues. like just a little bit more turned oh. in that And line. then there's
1: also a lot of writers who feel like they have to put absolutely everything on the cover, like what the book's about, on the front cover.
0: Yeah, you no. don't need
1: 20 tax items. You need something to draw people in, get them to turn the book over. Read the blurb on Amazon, ask you about it, draw them in, but you definitely, if you're if, again, what you're comfortable doing. So if you're not comfortable with doing that, you can easily get a cover designer. There's a lot of options for very affordable things. People trying to build portfolios who are happy to have you use a photo or take part in it. But depending on where you're at and whether you're going through a small press or doing it yourself, there's there's definitely a need for like an objective eye for a lot of these things because we won't see them.
0: Yeah, and
3: that's a really important flow. So if you have a physical copy, slightly different with, with Amazon, though it still applies, but if, with a physical copy, somebody's gonna come up, they're gonna see your book, the cover is what grabs. It. That's it. So it doesn't matter what's in a book. The visual hook. The visual hook. It's gonna grab them or it isn't gonna grab. If it grabs them, they're gonna turn it over and see what it is. And then you
2: go so now, now you've got
3: the globe on the back, that's important, <coughs> it's gotta be meaningful, it can't be crazy, you know, it's gotta be right. And then they're gonna open a book and look like this they're not reading it they're just looking what it looks like and if you haven't laid the book out right if the margins are weird or it might put it right back down again so i'm not reading that there's my margins everything's there's my justification um there's a blank line in between every paragraph
1: and one of the things i struggled with online (laughs) is that because i was like with this one doing a field guide i wanted it to look kind of handwritten Mm -hmm. but then i had to have it be readable so i ended up getting like 20 different free commercial use fonts and handwriting, did a bunch of samples, shrank them down enough so you could read them but they were on a smaller size, and just put them up for vote on my Patreon and was like, which of these is most readable and do you like? And looked at what people people said because that really helped. Because you might fall, I mean, I was mentioning it in the panel yesterday, but the worst font issue I've ever had with a product I've got from someone else, I love Brian Froud. He designed Labyrinth and Dark Crystal and he has two gorgeous Oracle decks out. And the first one, thank God the cards are numbered to reference in the book because the font used the capital letters on the cards. You cannot tell what they are.
2: Oh. They're
1: very flowery. They're very pretty. Yeah. I have no idea what half of them are. Like there's like eight swirls in the F. And I'm like, I is this an F? Is this an L? I can't. I can't. Is it a T? I can't <laughs> yeah. tell. So
4: the I mean, fonts get two extra. Two extra. Yeah.
1: And I, you might fall in love with that. But you have to be like, is this actually going to be something where someone can tell what my book title
2: is? there was a, a rather famous meme about someone writing something in black work and all they did is like same little lines, like 12, 14 black lines. And it says, well, what was that? It says, minimal. <laughs> and yeah, that's because that's the way you do black work is that it is, you know, a set pattern and when you've got a certain number of letters that have use the same one, right, it's going to come out looking odd.
3: Um, unless, of course, you're a death metal band, in which case you don't want anybody to read your logo. Yep, about. that's the well, one case where
2: like if
1: your logo's too readable, you're probably not a good metal band. Yes. <laughs> if it doesn't, as my said, it doesn't look like a tangle of tree branches or brush that you find on the side of the road, they're not a good band. Yep. And it's a trend with them. And if you ever see a poster that has like 10 bands for a concert, it's the funniest thing. Yes. Just like. Uh, I think was, that was going to be good. You're right. Like, he's like, can hey, you read this one? I'm like, nope. Is there, are there any letters in there? Like some of them literally just look like scribbles,
4: which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So obviously there are exceptions to the rule. <laughs> so you mentioned justification, and that has been, um, it just made me cringe because I just learned about justification last year. So I've been doing this by myself, right? I've been self-publishing. Um, so, if you start, I started self-publishing in like 2018, um, just because I didn't want to, to take the time to learn how to do it um, correctly. I didn't know how, and I let the uh, my fear of not knowing um, get in the way of that. But I'm like, you know what? I'm finally going to do it, and I just put it all together in KDP and then threw it out there. And it was like, yay! I did it! And then I got the book in print <coughs> form. like, this is... Awful, no justification whatsoever. I think someone did a review of one of my books, and like, <laughs> there's no justification in this book, and there's no justification for not having any justification. <laughs> <laughs> <For sure. laughs>
3: but you learned for future. Was that, my... Well, I hope it might have
4: been cherry vanilla, cherry vanilla. vanilla yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay, cool. And so my books has been like, it's a. a a journey of what I've learned so like these two books no justification and then somebody said oh this is what justification is and then the third book is like oh wow this is great so now that I know what this is I'm like do I really want to go back and fix all of that
1: and I think it's uh, like a constant improvement process
0: yeah, I
1: don't know nobody's mentioned um uh, we're talking about KDTV a lot of it for digital publishing and for print publishing but nobody's mentioned unlimited Yeah. Do you guys know about that? I I, I, know about
3: it, but I don't
2: use it. So So
1: what Kindle Unlimited is, is if you are digitally publishing a book for Kindle, you have the option of joining the Kindle Unlimited program. You can also remove your book from it at any time. It takes about a month, so you have to choose. By doing that, it says you're going to be exclusive to Kindle, meaning you're not going to sell, give away, or distribute a PDF in other ways. Now, if you've distributed previously for a Kickstarter and that's a secure download, that's fine, but you're not going to distribute that book in digital format except through Kindle. But what that does is it puts your book in the Kindle Unlimited program. The Kindle Unlimited program is a $10 monthly subscription where any book in it can be read for that subscription. And they take 100% of the subscription fee added up, which is usually between 30 and $40 million, and divide it up amongst the pages read because they can tell digitally what pages have been viewed and then they pay you royalties on that. So you are still paid per book read, but your readers are only paying a flat $10 fee. It's a really amazing program. A lot of what I write is for families, and so their kids want to like... See all my how to draw books or all of my books on dragons, and so they can read all of them in that as long as they're a subscriber. Mm -hmm. But I'm still making anywhere from a dollar to three dollars a book. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to get to a top slot in Kindle Unlimited Authors, they get bonuses of like three, that $4,000 a month. Like there's people who are just raking in money that way. Uh, But the nice thing is, and I know there's pros and cons to Amazon. Yep obviously they're a big company they have many departments many different points of view on it but the fact that they've done this for authors so that there's a way your readers who are on a budget can read these and they're not they might take a tiny cut that's like to maintain the servers for it but i don't think that they do i think that comes through the regular publishing cuts and that it is just something they're doing so that indie authors can get money back from basically books being read for free Look, so and KU continues to
5: evolve because when can you first emerged it was you read, if they read more than I think it was thirty or forty percent of the book. You
1: got you whatever. Got, you yeah, wrote. it's usually per page read, but You cannot read your own books by the way to earn yeah. money. They <laughs> do have a way to check <laughs> yeah. that. Sorry. I mean, you could try to be sneaky and like create other accounts and scroll through your whole book. It would just be—it would just be very weird mm-hmm. to do that. Um, there's also a lot of really amazing authors. A uh, couple I read who really don't do a lot of print sales, um, who are just primarily through Kindle Unlimited and Audible for audiobooks. Um, in Cozy Mysteries. There's like a huge push for that and there's some authors who are putting out two or three books a year and doing really, really well that way and they are basically cutting out the entire mainstream distribution. They're not even going to conventions. They're just sitting there doing their writing at home, putting the books out and raking in money. So, you know, there's obviously a lot of options and you have to figure out as a creator what you want to do. As if I I feel like you should be on the panel too because I know you're all Kindle. And- I'm,
5: yeah, I'm pretty much all Kindle too. I mean,
3: The word word exclusive worries me there, but you make that But you can turn it off
1: at any time. It takes a month to to. They basically do the first of the month pull things from the program that have been turned on and off. So you can decide, oh, I'm going to do a giveaway or. The thing is, as part of the program, you also can choose to do a certain number of specials where, like, your book is only a dollar for people, or you can do free giveaways, and it gets you a lot of PR on Amazon to do that, and that your book's free for a certain amount of time, the digital book. So if you have a new book coming out in the series, you'd be like, go read the first one for free right now. Right. for like 14 days or
3: something. And you can change that, bring it out, bring it in. Bring it in, yeah. We have a
1: lot of options, and I like that you're not like yeah, for all sure. time locked to that. So since I Kickstarter fund everything, my deal is if you get a physical book on the Kickstarter, you got the digital book for free. And if my project has multiple books, you get all the digital books for free. So a lot of times if you're buying like a $20 full-color hardcover, you're actually getting $30 of digital books for free with it from me. But then after the Kickstarter, because that distribution is all done securely, it's not open to the public, it's just for those people, I go to Kindle Unlimited usually within a year and the, let people in that program read it. So
5: Yeah, to go back to what you're saying about the uh, the KU like dropping it down to free, they have what they call the it's not the lightning deals, but it's the you you make it free for a week. And then it becomes like a yeah. dollar, and then two dollars, and then and you can, it you can, and you can actually control
1: all of how that's okay.
0: going to be set up, so. and you can set
5: that up as many times as you want. You it's
0: all the Kindle yeah. countdown. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and you can do it once every ninety days. Yeah. Or you have five. You have seven days for the countdown that you can break it up into different. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to do it for three days here or four days there, you can do that with I do like period. that
1: they limit it because I think that there would just be authors who were just trying to constantly spam promotions to try to like boost their books and I think it's to say like every 90 days you have X amount of giveaways and things that you can do is really fair. So.
4: And I've, I've, done the, I've done the countdown on one of my books that I managed to um, format to be uh, an ebook, book and I, I got pretty good results from that.
0: I'm doing a countdown at the end of the month for the new book. I would only do that uh, in the future when I have more than bo- one book in that series, the first book will be a free promotion. It's a countdown at the end of this month because right now the only book in that series. But I've had good success doing the free promotions with the first book in the other series. There's five books in the series now. So even though I'm giving away the first book uh Uh, I'm giving. I'm getting a lot of downstream because like people want to read the next book. Yeah, people want to read. And I've
1: done it that that way, and then I've also done it themed. So like if it's Halloween and I have a spookier book, that'll be free for a week for like Halloween. Or there'll be one that's like more of a cozy children's book read for Christmas. There'll be a week you can get that for free. So you can you can do a lot of things like that. And the fact that like love or hate Amazon, they have that all built in and. You can again put books in and out of the program. So you might say my newest, my newest hardcovers aren't going to be in there for the first year and you have to get the hardcover or the digital book and pay for it but then after that um, it will be in the program. And I guess the one thing I will say is the one thing I don't do um, and I, I print them through Amazon. I print my coloring books through Amazon but I don't put my coloring books on Kindle because I think that there's not really a good way to print, to print off Kindle, there's no reason to do it. So I do sell the coloring book PDFs off of my website and if there's anybody who wants to sell their books directly off a website and needs recommendations for like shops or stores, you can ask me here or ask me in the vending hall for the hour after this and I'm happy to tell you who I use and how I sell digital stuff off my site and all that. I want you to write a book. A book. <laughs> 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 or write a book. Write a book and put it on Kindle and like, so this is how you do the thing on Kindle. Right. <laughs> I would just put that out for free. I wouldn't forget about charging for that. I actually have a lot of like blog stuff, and stuff on some of my site where I do list like all the services I use and how mm-hmm. I I developed how I do stuff. Because I feel like we all do stuff differently and we can learn from each other. So Yeah, and you'll learn from
3: yourself too. The more you do it, the more you change certain things because you'd like the lady said with justification. There's things that you know look great when you first do it, but as you move on, you realize, no, 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 that should be slightly different. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, one of the changes I have from, my, I don't have my early books here, but uh, I changed the font. And it's only a very subtle font from Gentium to Gentium Plus, but the line spacing is so much better. It looks so much better on the page. Uh, I think you acquire yeah,
1: an eye for... yeah. For things. And the more you read books. I'm obviously, like, people say in order to write books, you've got to read books. I think Sydney' in order to lay out books or publish books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell people this for Kickstarters, and I think it applies to publishing. If you're not sure about things, Google, like, really good-selling books. Look at what they did, and then Google ones that people gave bad reviews to you and see what was wrong with them. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at the look at the things that fail, because you'll learn a lot from those as well.
3: Yeah, and look at a book you like. I mean, most, read- most writers are readers. So you're constantly looking at other people's books, look at them with a critical eye and say, does this look good? And if it looks good, why does it look good? And why does this one look bad? What's, what's the reason? And that'll teach you the things that you want to do in your own layout.
1: Like if you wouldn't read it that way yourself, don't do not do it. Right. And obviously like if you're going through a traditional publishers, sometimes they kind of have all the same fonts. It depends on the publisher. Um, a lot of the smaller publishers they'll let you have more say in your book cover, your fonts, your release dates and stuff, but the bigger publishers they don't, and I think more and more of us are getting pickier. Like we're putting all this work in. I know for me, because I'm also illustrating them, I wanna <laughs> pick the cover, I wanna pick the font, mm-hmm. I wanna choose what my reader is experiencing very exactly. Maybe I'm a control freak that <laughs> I mean, part of it. No, it's yeah. not a
3: bad
4: thing. Because it's so rare right that um, authors get say and you know, in traditional publishing, like they get the say of like, okay. You know the, the choice of the fonts, the choice of the cover. So, I think indie publishing, you know, is a really great way of like taking back ownership and control of that.
2: Yeah, try doing that with a you know, with the traditional publisher. <laughs> you want to see it Yeah, actually,
1: the the famous ones those James Owen uh, because he's an illustrator and a writer. When he was doing his books, he said, his main series of books, I can't think of what they're called the Dragon Books, he said, I want to do the cover art myself and I want to do an illustration each chapter like they used to do in older older books. Oh,
0: God, yeah.
1: And he went to, and he had a publisher approach and said, I want to put the book out but we're going to do the cover. No. I want to do my own cover. And they're like, well give you a third more for the series in money like they offered him a third more advance, and he said no i want to do the cover they're like nicely played james we'll give you a third more and he said no and he went through which is at that time he was like not having money for groceries <laughs> so very like he's an amazing speaker to hear very very good he stuck by it and he eventually ended up with simon and schuster who let him do it and the coolest thing is if you own his entire series of books and only the cover's amazing but the hard covers i don't have the paper is. if you line them up the spines on the books make a picture of a dragon. It is freaking cool. Like he knew what he wanted to do, and he stuck with it. So you gotta realize that if you're if you're making a book, whether you're illustrating, writing, whatever you're doing, you are putting a lot of heart and soul into it. There's if you just wanna make money, there's frankly easier ways to make money in the world. You can't. There's also this myth that we're all starving, and that's that's not true. Depends on depends on the author. But if you're gonna be doing all that, you have to ask yourself, What's that end product that's coming out? And how much control do you want to have in it? And who are you comfortable working with, whether self pub, publisher, small press, getting editors? In. And if it is being presented as a digital book, what are you comfortable with in how people are going to be reading it? And
5: sometimes, how you present it in, like when you're talking about justification, people always like, they, they tend to like you know, justify books. But there's sometimes there's reasons why you don't justify and I think one of the best examples I can think of that was uh, The Demolished Man by Yep. and the justification in that book is nuts because it's about telepathy Mm -hmm. and when you think about I mean most of the way people think about telepathy it's like oh it's just normal words you know but he's like no you think (laughs) sideways you think parallel and you think And he shows that in the justification of the book, and it's nuts to read as a result, but it's so...
6: Engaging.
1: One of the other books series that I know he had a difficult time with was series of unfortunate events. Mm -hmm. Because he plays with not only how text is laid out in the book, but with weird things, and he had to go to his editor at one point and say, This is the editor said, You have four pages of the same thing over and over again. He's like, No, that's on purpose. There's a secret message in the middle of it if you keep reading it. It's supposed to be that way. You know, because he was doing things like that, and the the editor, yeah, was oh, okay, you know. I did one of those in mine where I thought it would be really cool since there was a fire genie if it looked like part of the page in front of it had been burned from the page behind it. And (laughs) I had to go, you know, this is really weird. There's text on like one corner of this, and I'm like, yes, if you look at the next page, it's the next page showing through, okay, never mind. Never mind. And then my latest book, I have something that's an invisible newsletter, so there's no picture for it. And at least one person was like, you know the picture's missing here, and I'm like, Literally called the invisible newsletter. <laughs> so,
3: the rule there is that you need to know the rules so that then you can break the rules at the appropriate moment. And mm-hmm. break the people trying to do the things. <laughs> <laughs> they don't break the people. Yeah, I actually talk about the demolished man in this one. This is the first four decades of Hugo Wins. Oh, okay. And, uh, and it, yeah, because of the telepathy, and I can only just read myself because I didn't bring those no glasses. Oh, well, did I? Yes, I did. Um, but yeah, if only there was an easy way to translate the telepathy shown here through the wonders of layout design into some sort of visual element. Conversations between people here are fragmented into columns or wilder patterns of text. Uh, and I can't talk about a psychoanalysis much because that way lies spoilers, but it's pivotal stuff and that's unusual and interesting. And that's a good thing to have in a book unusual and interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's got to work. It's got to have a reason to work. Oh, like uh, House of Leaves, right? Oh, House of Leaves. People will buy House of Leaves because it doesn't follow any rule there is. in the (laughs) way
1: out. So I did did Hollywood creature design and then obviously didn't end up staying in Hollywood, but the thing that my teacher hammered into my head over and over again is you can do anything you you want with the creature design so long as you have a reason for it when someone asks you. Mm As long as there's like a, there we go, your ships, yeah, you gotta have a reason. If you're like, oh no, this creature, you know, it it has super sensitive skin and that's why it looks like this. As long as you have that answer for when mm-hmm. someone asks you, then you're good. But like don't, if you do things just to do, just to do things, then it, yeah. I you
4: know. think that's like a rule in Steampunk too. <laughs> okay, cool, you have this cool device, it looks great, but what does it do? Like you have to explain, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's like the
1: Kiss of death, and death in a horror movie where they're like, oh let's just put all the cool gross stuff in, but not have any reason for it to actually be happening. <laughs> the Exor- the game, Exorcist like-
2: Beginnings
0: is the one of those. They're <laughs> <laughs> where <laughs> like,
1: what? why is he eating my bugs? Okay, we're never going to explain the bugs in any other scene it. in this movie, <laughs> but okay.
2: <laughs> exactly. You know, there was a um, there was a situation where, you know, talking about justification and such, it's like I really wanted to use an acronym, a modern acronym in one of my stories. Ooh. So I had to backrun it the whole thing mm-hmm. and develop the uh, uh, Tesla accentuated rod of electric radiance. It is a teaser, <laughs> <laughs> And basically it's the guy's walking stick. Has a flywheel in it. As he walks, he's generating and storing electric current. So when necessary, he puts the two electrodes on the
4: end of the, end of the cane, hits the button and zap! Knocking the guy out. I think uh, I usually stay away from acronyms because I really don't know how to make them work within the story but in one of my uh, I have a web series uh, kind of like a fantasy spoof and um, one of the characters needs to get some new armor and so he um, is taken to this like bazaar right and uh, he's like oh this uh, shiny gold metal um, is made from um, polyorbium, uh, latinum Platinum Tricryptocilamate, and it's like what? And it's like oh, it's P L O T.
0: Well,
1: and there are a lot of like like who won't tell you ahead of time who hide things like. Um, again, I have to go back to like people who play with languages like Lemmy's Naked Series or Fortune Events. That if one of the books is, is bird themes, it's the Fowl Village, like birds, like Fowl, <laughs> and. The baby's nonsense words in that book. When I read it, I thought they were nonsense words, like all of the other books. It tells someone—it was a bird watcher—read it and said that the scientific names of birds backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure his editor had so much fun with
2: that. Like, what is this? But. <laughs> the- uh, yeah, I think, I
1: think that it's great if you can work those things in, but again, when you're – because we are talking about formatting, when you are formatting, you have to make sure they're going to work in digital format. Yeah,
3: in whatever format you – So, well if
1: with. your book has like a coded letter that a reader needs to see in a certain layout, you've got to make sure that that will carry through to whatever it, like – because we are talking about images, but if you have text that has to lay out in a certain way, You may also have to use like the comic book exporter or something else to just really test that and make sure it's like like, wrapped to a different page.
4: And I really like the fact that um, KDP allows you to preview um, the layout before you press the button because when I published Cherry Vanilla, I didn't have that. I just uploaded it. Yeah, it's gotten a lot better now. uh, especially when I export it as a PDF, you know, on you know Google Docs because I use Google Docs because I'm uh, well, basic. If it works um, for you, it, it works. works. Well, because works. I can, because I don't, I can't, I don't. Price is right. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> From the days where you stop, I mean, where you lugged your laptop around. Well, now I can use it on any, um, and I can use it on my phone, so I write on my phone now. I'm um, bougie. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot where I was going with this. Um, so, um, yeah, so it looks one way on your screen and then you export it as a PDF and then you upload it to KDP. Well, something that was dead center is now over here when you upload it to KDP and I'm like
1: So so with that, the awareness you have to, to realize is it's both a pro and a con. On most Kindle devices and if you have a phone that has the Kindle app, one of the things that they let you do is adjust the text size when you're reading so that if your eyesight is different, whatever, which is a great thing. But if your book has something that has visual layout, either with art or text, you may need to convert like a letter or something to an image for that book. Mm-hmm. Because if there's text that say, like again, like, like someone's decoding a message and you want it to display a certain way and they put the font size up and it wraps all weird, it won't work. So those, those are the, if you have those special formatting things, that's where you have to be aware of like what maybe needs to be an image and definitely always play with adjusting your font size on your books. Um, yeah,
3: and if you're, if you're doing print as well, I mean this is not ebook, but if you're doing print, especially if you are not 100% sure, I've got a format for some of these that's exactly the same width, same page count, same everything, so I'm pretty sure, but if you're not 100% sure, get a physical proof. Yeah which you have to pay for yep. but it's very fast though now it's so
1: quick at getting yeah. it. even With like the color books like within like four days I didn't have a proof which is insane my first
3: two books came out in 2013 and I was running way too late before Phoenix Comic Con I wanted my books to sell at Phoenix Comic Con so I did not get physical proofs. The first one came out great. The second one, the spine is completely wrong. Uh-huh. If I'd have got the physical proof, that would be perfect because I'd have changed it. Yeah. And I didn't, and I didn't, and now I'm now stuck with a horrible spine for the second book, and I'm still, 10 years later, thinking, should I go back to a new edition and fix that uh, Yes, I probably should. You can should. just
0: upload new cover.
1: Uh And I guess this a good thing to mention. So the, the two ways that people mainly self-pub are if you're going for print or ebook, are Kindle and Ingram Spark. If you'd asked me two years ago, I would have flat out said Ingram Spark for everything print and Kindle for everything digital. Uh, but that severely changed during the pandemic because Ingram Spark increased their prices. Amazon lowered their prices, added premium color printing, and added hardcovers as an option. And their premium color printing is cheaper than Ingram's premium color printing and drastically better quality. And you can always step by my booth and ask me. I have examples of both. Okay. And the biggest thing is that the setup on Ingram Spark is, I think, 10 times harder than the setup on Kindle. They've tried to improve it and make it more automated, and it is worse now. It is so bad. Um, so I don't, and I definitely for digital books, do not do it. <laughs> but the biggest issue I had with them is that Amazon's a lot pickier about their printing and shipping, and also letting you know when things are going to arrive. Mm-hmm. And if I order, say, 150 of these from Amazon, I might have one or two that have a printing error or have been damaged in shipping that I have to replace. If I order 150 of them from Ingram, there's a good chance that I have to replace 50% of the books. And they will do it, but you have to take a photo of each damaged book. Because they are very bad at packing hardcovers. And after three years of hundreds of books being replaced, I was like, I cannot do this anymore. It is just stressful when you need things for an event. Like, there's a reliability with Amazon of, I can see when my books are going to arrive. I know that most of them are going to get there okay and not have problems. So...
6: so uh, what about retail versus wholesale on Ingram, Spark versus Kindle?
1: They're the same now. Are Ingram they? used to be better, but Ingram had to go to the same retail, which is 30%. Right. Uh, a minimum is that you could do is 30% cut, and that is what they are all at now. Yeah,
3: because yeah, it's still pretty much print-on-demand, right? By yeah. The way. Yeah. yeah. So the way you go for, for you know larger print runs is you go to a printer. Yes. And the bigger the print um, on the cheaper again. It
1: actually, it's still better through Amazon. And the reason is if you're super sneaky, you get an Amazon credit card and you can actually get 6% cash back. Of your printing, <laughs> which drastically, nice. like, basically alleviates at like any of that. And the big deal is if you have international fans, being front on demand through Amazon or Ingram is huge because. If a fan in the UK doesn't care about having a book signed or wants a coloring book, which they rarely want signed, and they order mine off Amazon, it prints and ships in countries so they are not paying international
4: shipping.
3: Except you can't do uh, certain premium color. I don't think you can do color on Amazon in certain countries. No, I think it's Japan it's and the board. no, it's, it's most of them you can. There's a couple you can't. I had, I had that with a, with this, the Zine, and I had to remove the pricing for those two countries. Once Japan and the other, I can't remember. Because
1: it, it put it all up for mine, and I've had people order from. So, them. They, so they, Maybe they've they, fixed it. Cause I know the hardcovers were in beta for a while, and they're just. Starting yeah, I haven't done
3: hardcover. Maybe that's different. Yeah. yeah, I
1: mean I do hardcovers and paperbacks, but they're all they're all. Different. I think some
5: of the guys in the uh, uh, dealer Wolf has one of the. One of the Amazon hardcovers.
1: This is an Amazon hardcover. This is an Agricultural Park hardcover. I got (laughs) got it. I got it. I I was like, I will bring both. So, uh, especially if you are doing something that has art or photos, the premium quality difference is drastic between the two because Ingram's on the same paper for Shannon and Premium and Amazon's on a different paper. And if you want to see the is difference, much, yeah
3: come <laughs> Just stop
1: because... in the vending room and I'm happy to show the difference. <laughs> like, you don't have to buy anything. This is not a gimmick. I'm just happy to show differences and if anyone has questions about like, well, okay, so you're doing a Kickstarter and you want people to get your book internationally, but they are going to pay more shipping, How you incentivize that? I have whole things that I, Kickstart is a whole other topic, but I'm happy yeah. to... So these
3: are premium color.
1: These are this is premium color.
3: Yeah. These are standard color. Uh, when you're doing st- standard color is a lot cheaper. Yeah. So you can you pay less for your books. You're, you're selling your, your books for less. You're not selling those for twelve bucks, right? Yeah. No. no, I'm selling these for twelve
0: bucks. Weirdly,
1: standard color on Ingram is better quality than standard color color on Amazon. premium on Amazon is better quality than premium on Ingram, <laughs> and it's cheaper. <laughs> I have done comparisons,
3: it's like, what the actual, all right, fine. <laughs> and what, I, what I found with the standard color is that uh, you've got to be careful about the sort of picture you're using yeah. because, certain, I, I mean, mine are, these are mostly books about films or about books, and so I'm using existing images, and the darker the image, and I found with this one, this one, this one's about Pam Bria, who is an African-American actress, so certain images have come out really, really dark, far darker than they should be in that book. Enough that I want to go back and. That yeah,
1: contrast is a huge thing with with base, with standard printing versus premium printing, uh, and obviously I paint a lot in watercolor, so there's a marked difference looking yeah. looking between the contrast, and a huge part of it is, again, Amazon using the better paper for the premium, um, the the contrast blacks in pictures like where you get the color difference between blacks and whites and darker like line work and stuff it is very marked on that other paper type whereas I can almost not see the difference between premium and standard (coughs) and Ingram it's really interesting like their standards better quality but I've gotten both and put them side by side and I can tell the difference so
3: yeah and this this is where a physical proof helps again because my Nicholas Cage book everything's great I don't have a problem with any of those images. Half the images in here are great too, but the other half, no, I need to do something with the contrast, I need to manipulate those images, and I I didn't do that because I just went straight to print. I didn't get the physical proof. Again, get a physical physical proof. Get At least for like your changing. first few books,
1: when if you're doing something that's like, oh, it's another book in the series, it's exactly the same formatting, exactly the same thing, that's not as critical.
3: Well, that's why um, I did that one, because it's the same page count, same format size, same everything, but, I should've gotten a physical proof.
1: But there is a, a marked difference too in Ingram versus Amazon in their proofing. Amazon will almost instantaneously give you a digital proof showing margins and things and Ingram will make you wait up to 48 hours and then you'll wow. get a PDF and it's a mess and it's a huge download, so yeah. Like just from the process of like new folks, I always will point people at Amazon because Ingram is like a headache and.
4: And you can make those changes within the program like really fast. Can, really like
1: fast. just just from like the way their tools work, it is a learning process. But I think you are better off spending the time learning how to publish on Amazon, um, and definitely having things that are fast, next day shippable, Amazon Prime printing kind of things. Like really incentivize people to get your books. So the, the,
3: you can you can do both, and we should probably mention yeah, uh, Amazon is very very available. Wherever you are in the world, there's an Amazon. They'll print, they'll ship. It's easy. You get that international benefit. There's all sorts of other benefits that you just mentioned. Kindle Unlimited. All of those are just Amazon. Uh, if you go, if the, the best bet is to, to buy your ISBN yeah. from Bowker separately. Don't get the Amazon one because that locks you into being a KDP publisher. Nope. No, because I change now.
1: You can, get, you can now? be on both. You can be on as If I want to, I have collector's editions. Of, I have this book on Ingram and I have a collector's edition through Amazon. And where
3: did you get the ISBN? Free from both. Oh, so it's a different ISBN. I'm I'm not
1: using. Yeah. No, yeah. every edition of your book well, well, yeah. should have a different ISBN. Yeah. Paperback, hardcover, collector's editions, reissues. Okay. like... So if you buy yeah. your
3: ISBN first from Bowker, then you can publish yeah. at Amazon with your ISBN. Use that free barcode and all that. Mm-hmm. But then you can go to Ingram and publish using the same ISBN because it's the same edition. I can't. Nope. And then you're available to If that, they will not let you. Water. Ingram has
1: changed that. If they that ISBN it. is used, you cannot use it. Ingram locked down on ISBNs about two years ago. It's one of the I don't like them anymore. Oh, wow. I have a bunch of ones I pay for that are literally sitting there I'm not going to use because it took me five phone calls with them to even get those to work because they changed. Used to be able to get cheaper ISBNs and do other things, and now they're very very picky about it so no each edition through each publisher must be a different ISBN you cannot do that anymore it's a mess Sorry,
3: <laughs> so, but, but you I mean I'm interested to talk to you about it because if you're the publisher, then still the same it Has to do with like how public. ISBN
1: works. Nope, because they are by different publishing houses. They are considered different ISBN numbers and different
3: editions of the so book. Do you? So your publisher is KDP. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, my publisher is Poplits Lake Press. Right, but even past. with
1: that, because of who is actually printing and distributing the book, unless you're going to a private printing house and just having whatever you want printed, in which case you can dictate what goes on the book they will not let you repeat use it ISC. It's actually monitored and it says already used and it goes through a mess. And they even thought mine were already used when they have never been used. And I had to go through like a, oh, this is why I have issues with them. Like, you can it get work, it to work, but the big thing for me is not knowing when books are gonna arrive, having books damaged, and then about a year and a half ago, they started improving the website, fixing all these ISBN things, fixing them, in which it made it really strict and broke it. Fixing. And they put they put a more user-friendly interface. And I'm allowed to criticize this. I used to be a user interface designer. It's terrible. It is horrible. It has so many bugs in it. So when they went to the 30%, it used to be you could do 35%. Um, or like 30%, but they they upped it and you had to go change your pricing on your books if you had the lower percentage. It gave errors to everyone changing their pricing for like four days. It was like the worst nightmare of like, they're like, oh no, it's nothing we're doing. We're like, your site is literally telling us we're not doing it right when the percentage is right there and it is, and it
3: won't, it won't save the changes. I guess the lesson here is that things change. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, so in two, in
1: two years, you might hear me say, you've got to be on Ingram. Amazon's terrible. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right, we're at five minutes till. Uh, anybody have any questions?
6: Distribution on Kindle versus Ingram.
1: I think they're pretty on par now. Yeah. For okay. a while, I feel like Ingram was more, and that was another reason people were on. So I you're
6: getting on to Kobo and those on uh kindle and also you're getting into library list on kindle yeah
1: yeah you can now okay yeah,
6: i'm seeing that with there's
1: like, there's check marks you do when you publish mm, where you choose for extended distribution and that is available on both same services.
6: thing on ingram mm-hmm. yes yeah. it used
3: to be that no library and no uh bookstore would order books from from CreateSpace space slash pbp right because it was style. not it was all retail yeah because like yeah it's all retail price now that's changing i'm seeing some yeah books really going changed. into bookstores yeah. Okay. So paint
6: paint. All right. You've convinced me.
1: <laughs> I would say try it. I mean, yeah. like I said, you can have. This is still available through Ingram, but there's a collector's edition with better quality printing. That's the Amazon. There, I actually have it listed as collector's edition, as premium printing compared to. Well, I so went through the choose. nightmare
6: with Ingram every book, so I know exactly what you're saying. No, it's
1: been it's been getting progressively more difficult as they have improved things. And the thing with, <laughs> IS- <laughs>
6: the thing with ISBNs. Oh know, yeah. Five oh, wow. like phone said, calls.
1: A year and a half ago, I would have said Ingram over Amazon, but since they added hardcovers. The one thing that I will say is that they don't have as many options for if you want things like dust jackets.
0: Mm-hmm. But what you
1: can do is just have your dust jackets run as large art prints from anyone, wrap them around a book yourself, and make it limited edition and sell the book for more and sign and number them.
6: There you go. As something just
1: made an additional thirty dollars <laughs> per book on my new book that has a holographic dust jacket.
2: It is well worth it. Uh, <laughs> well, all right, giving me ideas. Right, I will show you stuff. <laughs> well, thank you all for coming in. It's a you
1: guys looking out at all of us. Yeah. I've learned. I have. I have questions I want to ask all of you guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> Storm after this. Yeah, good. Because I'm.
6: I, my you. latest is at the editor's now, and. Thank you. Thank in you. The little <laughs> yeah. For me, it was the stress level of like not knowing the books were going to arrive, not knowing really how many
1: were going to be damaged. It was completely stressing me out, yeah. Yeah. and it just made me. So, you mentioned something about
0: selling. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, please check out D&D Journey of the 5th Edition and Ragnarok and Roll a Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story. Also, check out our Patreon page for more content and behind-the-scenes things, as well as joining us for a one-shot game or two.